Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. And Ross Radke. Hey, hey Ross. Ross. Ross, you're on the show. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah. You're coming in on the last minute to assist us. Yes, thank you, yeah. Ross. It's very appreciated. <laughs> no problem. So this is our book club podcast. Originally, we're going to be talking about comic books today. We, we can still talk about comic books, but we were going to talk about Silver Surfer specifically. But Danielle wasn't feeling well and kind of at the last minute, I was like, nah, you know, we probably shouldn't do the show. I didn't want to move forward with the issues without her. So yeah. I thought, hey, let's see if we can annoy some of our previous guest hosts. And so I just started texting people and seeing uh, who I could annoy the most. And Ross, you were at the top of the list. Thank you so much for letting me bother you today. Yeah, no problem. No, it's always fun to chat. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're going to tell uh, the listeners what this show is about. <laughs> I'm not sure. I know what the show is about today, but um, usually you guys will tell everyone a comic that you're going to read. Everyone should read that comic. And then you guys are going to talk about the comic and people are going to send you uh, listener feedback. So you guys are the Hey Damn Guys on social media or email or um, a lot of voicemails lately. Actually. Yeah, that's been good. yeah, those are fun. And uh, yeah, and then you guys talk about what we talked about when we talked about what you were talking about. And that's a book club. <laughs> and that's friendship. And yes. that's, yeah, I think that that's about how you it did works. great. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. Great. Yeah, thank you so much. Excellent. Uh, I, I don't to... know why I'm always surprised every time. <laughs> like I should know that's coming by now. I think that Danielle is also surprised every time as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been five years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I did want to ask you. One of the first things I want to ask you is how you felt about being added to my Halloween. Spooky Sounds Menagerie. <laughs> uh, that was great. I finally could. Oh, but but that was at Benny Decker's request, so it wasn't just me who was kind of, was wanting I, that. I guess I thought it was just like on there, I, I, and I guess I missed that it was yeah <laughs> Benny Decker's fault. Yes. <laughs> anyway, now you're forever part of that compilation as long as we do the show every october you'll hear that oh man that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> so uh ross um it's so great to have you on and you know i was just thinking about you because i just caught up on spandex oh yeah same here your webtoon yes which i just updated last night pretty late or maybe it was technically this morning who knows yeah yes. yeah that's why i was checking it out i got the little alert or whatever that there was a new episode oh does it does it alert you or... No, I think like if you have, um, if you're subscribed to your tune, I think you get a notification when okay. a new episode it comes out, right? I pretty much turn off all notifications whenever I can. <laughs> yeah. So, but I saw Ross post about it on um, the socials. Ah, okay. Yes. Talk a little bit about your project. So I've been thinking about it. It's sort of like a nostalgia project, but nostalgia for something that only existed in my head for. The majority of my life um where it's basically all these dumb superhero characters that i would create starting way back when i was in elementary school some of these characters i know i've got um sketches of going back to like probably like fourth grade maybe awesome um, you include some of those in the yeah in and the... when i can find them yeah I'll, I'll i've been slowly archiving so okay i've i have like three storage tote boxes of drawings i saved everything i drew wow from around sixth grade through 
high school. Wow. And um, I've been slowly going through it and like scanning and get rid rid of stuff because I like I feel like I just can't drag these boxes around sure. for the rest of my life. But um, it's weird because that, like I said, the nostalgia. Some stuff I'll like I'll go through a folder of drawings and and I'm like, what is this? Like I have no idea what I'm looking at. <laughs> and then some of it will have like a like a memory attached to it. And it's like I'm kind of un- unlocking these little snippets of like oh i remember like i was in that classroom i remember you know what i was doing or what i was thinking the story was behind that that character or something because everything i've ever drawn has always been tied to some sort of narrative or idea for a for a story um so like this webtoon series was kind of a way of like purging some of that and like practicing Mm. like you know drawing um a little bit quicker and working on some like storytelling stuff without being a little too precious about it, you know, something that was just for fun and I didn't have to overthink, Yeah, you know, and um, it's been fun. I was kind of hoping to get more done this year than I did, but I, uh, you know, cut myself some slack because I've been dealing with a lot of, you had some life circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And um, to put it lightly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I've been pretty, I feel like anyone who follows me pretty, you know, regularly on social media like knows like i I post about it pretty frequently and but yeah so like this has just been kind of like a fun diversion this year that i've been chipping away at you know i can't help myself i do have larger plans for this but i'm i'm actually thinking of next year like scaling back to the original idea of trying to avoid too much of an ongoing narrative and just doing little snippets of little you know one and done stories with all these weird characters yeah i kind of ended up making like a a little mini story arc about some characters that were meant to be just like a one-time throwaway Mm -hmm. and it made it trickier because then i started to like worry about things like continuity and and things that i didn't i originally didn't plan (laughs) to have to worry about yeah yeah well i've i've been loving it i think it's just like it's it's fun it's you know, it kind of reminds me of like reading comics as a kid. Yeah, and, and the characters are really just fun. Like I love Botfly; he is so awesome. The villains, rock paper scissors, they're also really cool. Like much as possible. Like that's what I was trying to do is just like kind of capture that energy that I had when I was a, a, a young teenager, ripping off some weird blend of Marvel comics and Dragon Ball Z, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, all these different things that were influencing me. I, I can kind of see what you were talking about with the mini stories, because I feel like you've started to do that with some of the origins. The origin issues will kind of be like a little mini story about these characters, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I really like that. Like it's outside of the continuity of everything else that's going on and you just get insight into, I don't know, what's going on with these people. I've enjoyed those, too. Yeah. There is the one with Botfly, Botfly Begins. And there's this one part with where he's looking at the hummingbird wings. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That, that was so. A, that's the other thing is yeah. like a lot of this was just meant to be like, you know, just stuff that would be fun to draw for like, I don't know, like that I wouldn't have an excuse or reason to draw <laughs> otherwise. That's such a cool way though to convey his power set, and it it was a stunning image that I think what's really been impressive to me about the whole thing you have going on with spandex is how you've embraced like the way that the webtoon format storytelling oh, yeah. you know, with the scrolling like the action and the beats and everything kind of goes along with that the image reveals and I don't know it's really impressive you know you you it gives it a little bit more of that like 
kinetic feel that things are actually moving. You know, you almost see like, I want to say that there are spots where you actually have like animation, you know what I mean? Where you're scrolling and you're seeing the image progress. Yeah, that, I guess that's I, really fun. The storytelling language is more similar to um, when I was in film school doing storyboards. Okay, um, okay. that makes because, sense. Because you're scrolling vertically and so you're typically seeing one image at a time in a sequence and so you have you know it's it's different than traditional comics where you're not you're not thinking in terms of pages you're thinking in terms of this vertical scrolling pace of like how quickly people are going to be possibly reading it and, and like scrolling scrolling down the page so i really enjoy the format it is fun to play with um eventually i still think it'd be like i view this as sort of like a rough draft in mm -hmm. a way yeah and then eventually once I have a, enough material kind of pick and choose from it and, and reformat it for a, um, like a print edition. That'd be cool. That would be amazing. One thing I also like about the Webtoons interface is like, it looks good on my phone as well as my tablet because I don't know about anybody else, but I, I really can't read comics that well on my phone. Cause it just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't yeah. really look that good. Uh, but the Webtoons layout is really good, you know? Yeah, I think it looks better like on a phone than than on a larger format. Like the way I'm drawing it is I'm drawing it on a iPad Pro, but when it shrinks down to that phone size, like I try to be mindful of the level of detail and stuff and not over clutter it too much, especially because of that scrolling thing. Like you don't want someone to get stuck. Yeah. You know, you want to keep that kind of continuous motion going yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah it's, it's been again just like different types of like there's no equivalent to like a splash page right where there, there's with the webtoon format you don't want to cram it all in you you want to keep some sense of momentum going so it you know it lends itself to certain sorts of storytelling choices yeah yeah well, even like the the way that you read it too. I mean, the text, you know, whether it's in the upper yeah. part of the panel or below the panel, you know, or in the bottom part, like that affects, you know, the the way that you're taking in the information. And I think it's 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 done really well. I don't know. Yeah. I was like really blown away by that. I'm fairly you know new to webtoon format, and like I I definitely spent some time kind of just browsing and seeing what what other successful webtoons were doing that I liked and didn't like. And and I found myself, yeah, definitely drawn to ones that were doing something different than, than just putting a comic page, you know, on a sure. Yeah. yeah. Cause there are a few that are like that. You'll find where it's just, it's just a comic book page and it's, it's fine, but I feel like it's not, it, it's harder to read. It, it is. It's like trying to read like comicsology on your phone. It's yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But with no guided view. <laughs> that's, that's terrible but I, I actually did read it on the ipad and i thought it looked amazing i was really impressed by the amount of detail you know on some of the shots so oh. i don't know don't sell yourself too short on saying that it only holds up in the smaller format or don't get me wrong i um... read it on both the ipad and the phone it's just like <laughs> i saw there was a new one and i had a few minutes at work and i'm like mm. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you're, i mean if you're looking at it larger you're looking at it the way i'm looking at it when i'm drawing it so yeah yeah, it's really cool. I've really been enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. So I like the fun banter between Masterpiece and Botfly. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, this this is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's been a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I totally linked that in the show notes. I actually link it in the show notes on every episode. So just scroll <laughs> down there. Yeah. Scroll down there and check it out. And I highly recommend catching up on that. Oh, yeah. Same Yeah, here. I guess I was also like, when I started doing it, 
I mean, it, initially it was because Webtoon was doing a contest, and I thought it would just be a fun thing to like test out and see if I liked the format. Right. But then people really seem to enjoy it more than I thought. I'll admit to being one of those people who I'm kind of burned out on superhero comics. And, yeah. uh, but no, I mean, like, people seem to dig it. Like, they like the characters and, you know, and keep chipping away at it. I think I know what you mean about being burnt out on, like, superhero comics and stuff like that, because I feel like that sometimes, but then I'll read something like, well, like, like Spandex or Invincible or something, and it's yeah. like, maybe it's not a, that I'm burnt out on superhero comics, I'm just burnt out on the same characters I've been reading yeah. for 30 plus years. Yeah, or, like, the same storytelling, like, um, yeah. you know, um, I think, I, I was listening to, to a different podcast or something, and they were talking about how, you know, like, the like the reboot cycle in DC and how often it happens and how annoying that, that is, and I think, like... <laughs> That's what people get burned out about, you know what I mean? That it's just like, it, it's always a new new thing, and nothing ever gets a chance to kind of establish yeah. I, itself. You I know? feel like we've reached some sort of, like, remix culture in comics, where the thing is just like, let's make everyone a Venom, or let's make everyone the Phoenix. <laughs> it's like, you just you yeah. just take something, like an, an aesthetic, right. and you apply that to everyone. And like that's not story. I love that. That's, that's like some fun character design, you know. But it's like it's all just variations of a theme. As a as a reader, it's not something I find terribly compelling. Yeah. Um, now I would say like there's some exceptions to what I just said. Like the Spider Verse films have been entertaining. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those have been amazing. And that's oh, that's yeah. definitely in line with what I'm saying, but but done in a way that I felt like. Yeah. Has some intentionality behind it. Yeah. Uh, instead of just to sell variant covers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Because, like, it's like, I mean, yeah, there's Spider Man and then other Spider Man and there's Spider Gwen and then there's all these other spiders. And I love it. Yeah. But then there's Wolverine and then there's Wolverine and X23 and Wolverine's kid and then uh, um, yeah. Wolverine from the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. <laughs> And don't forget about Doc and Old, old, old Man, Man Logan. Logan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I like Wolverine. I like steak too, but I don't eat it's, it every day. It's yeah. the, um, I, I just read a, a, a graphic novel called The He-Man Effect, I think. But it's about, it's about the history of toy marketing and how that's closely tied to movies and uh, cartoon shows and things. Right. right. And it's, it's a brand new. It like, just came out this year. They talk about Boba Fett, how he was such a popular character because they had released like some action figure that you had to collect. Oh right, you had to get like points or something to get it. The, yeah, the you had UPC to like, or something turn like into that. UPCs or something, and you could get him. And so he was like this cool-looking character that kids already knew about because of the action figure. And then he shows up in the movie and says like two lines. Right. Um, and there was that. You know, th so he so he talks about in this in the book about how kids were invited to participate in creating that character because because he existed mostly in their imaginations at that point. And then and then we lose something, you know, now where every single character comes prepackaged with a spinoff, you know, TV series sure. and comic series. And yeah, and, and there's no space for kids to just imagine their own stories for these characters um, like it's. It was really interesting to think about it that way. How it's how it's like there's just a different way that that 
kids are engaging with this stuff now through all these multimedia, you know, tie-ins and they're not just getting to like sit on a playground with their action figures making up their own stories it's you got like boba fett isn't whatever you want him to be anymore now he's got his own tv show and and like they've invested all this time explaining what the mandalorians and stuff are and i i enjoy some of that stuff but yeah i i definitely kind of agreed with what the author was saying like there is something i think lost Hmm. i'm trying to think of like toys that i had that weren't tied to anything I had some knockoff transformers that were right. like, like they were like transistors or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of them was like this this plane that turned into a dragonfly and a robot. Oh, and nice. it was pretty cool. Yeah. And but you know, like it wasn't like part of any existing property that I knew of, so I could just make up yeah. whatever I wanted to with it. I could be wrong. I believe the first like Transformer toy was a tie-in with the Japanese Spider-Man show. Hmm. Like oh, the very the very first one was like um, the Supida Man or whatever. He yeah, the, went uh, into a giant robot that that would turn into a, a jet or something. Leopold. And that yeah, and that was like a precursor to the Transformers. Oh wow! Yeah, actually, I I heard something about that too. <laughs> huh? Interesting. That's yeah. really cool. Um, I had um. Battle Beast. Do you remember Battle Beast? Yeah, vaguely. I do, and and I still really like those. Um, but they're hard to find, and then they're super expensive. Just activate their battle badges. I got fire. I got water. Water beats fire. Battle Beast. Wood. Fire. Fire beats wood. Battle Beast and grow into an army. Collect all eighty-four. Um, and it's stupid too, but I have four, I have four <laughs> battle beasts that my brother found them when they were cleaning out a bunch of shit. And he was like, he sent me a picture of him. He was like, do you want these? I was like, yes, send those to me. <laughs> um, but I loved those. And there wasn't a, there wasn't a cartoon or anything about that. I think there were, there were two issues of a comic, but I didn't, yeah, even, like... I didn't even find out about that comic until after so they could have been whatever you wanted them to be yeah and they were you know what i mean and then and then when i did read the comic i was like oh some of them were evil and some of them were good and i was like i didn't yeah i I thought what it was the whole hologram thing and it depended what hologram they had right that depended what side they were on so is that kind of like um um like all the uh transformers had you know the decepticon or the autobots logo exactly right so what if it was three ways Right, because they had wood fire, and then when you read the thing, and then so like, what if you had the toy of the gorilla, and it was water, but in the comic, he's a good guy, and he's fire, and then you're like, well, I don't know, I guess I don't have the right one, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was huh. just like, anyway, like I had my teams based on all that, and then, you know what I mean? And it's just, anyway, that was one of my favorite toys, and yeah, you would just make up shit. Yeah. Yeah, they, they talked about, um, in the book too, like one of the people who worked on the transformers and and some of the other like properties is how like a family dynamic was very important for marketing this stuff to kids they're like you couldn't kill whoever was like the big daddy character like that was off limits because like kids would get too upset like so you can't kill off right. prime because kids will cry and be mad and like and like how the the toy makers didn't get this it was like the people who worked on the shows and things were like the, the toy makers are like, well, yeah, get rid of these characters so we can make new characters and sell new toys. It's like, no, people have an emotional attachment to these characters. Right, it's like right. beyond just it's a cool toy. So they're saying that was part of why the Ninja Turtles were so successful is because they the instead of like, you know, killing them off and just creating new characters, they would 
re-release the four turtles with different costumes. Yes, so, yes. So people could keep buying, you right. know. Right, oh, okay, yeah. Man, I had so many Ninja Turtles. I don't know, it's, it's kind of <laughs> nefarious. They, they show how, like, a lot of the marketing and stuff was, like, utilizing the same, um, like, propaganda techniques, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, during World War Two. Man. Yeah. Well, oh, okay, here it is. It's a polar bear. This I'm looking at Battle Beast though, sorry. <laughs> I don't even know what they are. I'm gonna have to Google that. I don't I'm I i do not so, think I can even picture them. So there's this one, he's a polar bear. That was my favorite one, and so he was the leader for me. For my like in my group I was like, Well, this is the yeah. head guy, you know what yeah. I mean? And then he's a nobody in the comic. I was like, Well what the hell? Where's the fucking <laughs> polar bear at? <laughs> well, um, Talking about variant figures and all that, uh, when the Batman uh, movie, the 89 movie came out and they released the figures, they released one Batman figure in a gold suit and everybody went nuts for it. And they're like, oh, shit. And that's why you got Batman in all these rainbow different color costumes. Right. Oh, OK. Uh, I remember. Oh, I can't remember where I saw that, but it was just like, you know, they were like, no, Batman has to be in his Batman suit. And he goes, oh, yeah, here's a gold one. Now here's an underwater <laughs> Batman. Here is a toxic yeah. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, I had a bunch of the ones that were, like, from Batman uh, Forever and Batman and Robin. They'd give them, like, all these cool suits that were, like, armor and underwater, and then they would not be in the movie at all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because that was often an indication of what was going to be in the movie is whatever the toys were. Yeah. And then you'd get excited about shit that didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Awesome. Well, before we go on to our next segment, I thought maybe we'll go bother somebody else, see if we can get uh, somebody else on here. So, hold on a sec. Hayden, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I got Ross also on the line here. Yeah, I can hear both of you. Oh, hey, Ross. Hey. (laughs) Awesome. This is great. Awesome. Yeah, I was just, uh, we were talking earlier about how at the last minute I decided to bother a bunch of people, and so... Um, I bothered you and uh, I bothered you and Ross, and y'all were totally gracious enough to come on and give us a little bit of your time tonight. So thanks so much, Hayden, for coming on. Oh, it's no problem. I really was not doing much of anything tonight, anyways. So <laughs> awesome. So now you're gonna tell the people what the show's about. <laughs> uh, I should have, you know, when you said Danielle couldn't record tonight, it didn't even occur to me. I could get stuck with that. (laughs) Well, this is a book club, uh, which means that we're going to tell you uh, a book that we're planning on reading. Uh, You will go read that book yourself, and then you'll come and listen to the episode and hear what we have to say about it. And then you will send us a Hey You Damn Guys, which is an email or a voicemail or a social media message post. Uh, saying what you thought about it. And that's a book club, and that's friendship. Awesome. Thanks, Aiden. <laughs> Thanks. You know, what's but, funny about it, though, is uh, I made Ross do it earlier. <laughs> and then, oh, so you're, you're just getting everybody with it tonight. And then, uh, and then he didn't even say anything. He just let you do it, too. <laughs> yeah, so no, there you go. So you're it, part too. of it, too, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so, Hayden, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Ross, and I was like, hey, we're going to call Hayden. And Ross was like, well, I'll just stay on, too. That You know, that's fine. So I thought it was great to have more people on. 
you got you um, gotta leave it in the episode like that. Like, don't cut them together. Oh no, I won't. No, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get one, and then thirty minutes later, get the other one. Uh, that's yeah. hilarious. So anyway, um, Hayden, yes. Uh, so you have a great podcast. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, uh, I and two of my friends, John and TJ, we have a podcast called Last Book on the Shelf. We uh, Every month we cover a different uh, book, which novel, short stories, sometimes we've covered uh, some novellas, uh, any genre, uh, fantasy, sci-fi. We mostly do horror because we're, we're all three big horror guys, uh, me especially. All, I think almost all my picks usually are horror, mm-hmm. um, usually at the beginning of every month. Sometimes it's a, a little hard for the three of us to make time to uh, actually have time to record. Uh, but at the beginning of every month, we have a bonus episode that we do. Uh, we call it our media pick, which is just uh, anything but books, basically video games, TV shows, movies. So two episodes a month, and uh, it's just three dummies talking about a book. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes, and um, both uh, Danielle and I and Aubrey have all been on there We've to talk about start, different yeah. things. Yeah, so that's a lot of fun too. Yeah, Thanks, hey, man. and I, I'm just throwing this out there, Hayden. I'm a big fan of the uh, Dark Tower series. I know you started that one Ooh, with Aubrey. Oh yeah, I'd be happy to chat about it at some point if you're looking for some more guests. So absolutely. Uh, I'd love to have you. I mean, we could have you and Aubrey on. That would uh, be awesome for, <laughs> for be awesome. Uh, drawing of the three. Um, um, I'm almost finished with Wolves of the Kala. I'm going. I'm going. To oh yeah. I just kept going when I read the Dark Tower, like even Gunslinger earlier. I was like, I'm keep going. <laughs> oh, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to stop. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ross, I don't know if you know, but I when you just mentioned that, I remembered that. Uh, let me see if I can find it in my pile of my infinitely growing pile of books that I'm <laughs> never going to read. Uh. They recently released the novel or the uh, an English translation of the novelization of Godzilla, like the original yeah. Godzilla and Godzilla yeah. Rape Again. Oh, I wow. have that on my on my to read list as well. That would be fun. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I got that recently, and I've been waiting to dive into that. And I mean, if you would you know want to do that, that would be a great way to uh, talk about Stomped too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah. What a great plug there too. Um, yeah. You guys both like the big Godzillas. I started reading. Um, I've never read much Lovecraft, and I picked up from the library the big, um, like annotated annotated collection that's got an introduction by Alan Moore. Oh, oh cool. yeah, that's the one by uh, Leslie Klinger, right? I think I've actually yeah. got that in my stack right here. So I've been working my way through that as well after listening to some of your guys' episodes talking about Lovecraft and watching the uh, Cabinet of Curiosities and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh man, don't. <laughs> The the Cabinet of Curiosities uh, <laughs> Lovecraft adaptions. I, I don't. I, the the Pickman's model one is is all right. Yeah. It's not it's not the greatest translation of that story, but the the Dreams in the Witch House one, man. Oh, that is that they took like one of Lovecraft's like most like fucked up, really horrible stories. I mean, there's like babies getting sacrificed in it, and they turned it into like. Uh, a YA fantasy short. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's really. I, I did not care for for what they did with it. 
but uh, I don't Lovecraft remember Captain, which one that was. What what episode that's the was one that? With, um, oh God, I can't remember his real the name. Rat with the Brand, Ron Weasley. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, where his uh, sister is oh, like yeah. trapped in a, a witch dimension or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that's not that's not in the story. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the. I think it's the last episode um, with the the bird washing couple. Oh yes, yes. That, that one really was was rough. <laughs> like just the timing of when I watched it and what I was going through. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I mean, it was different, but it was still like. Yeah, I thought that was really well done. It more understated than the other episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I really liked yeah, the like... the viewing or the viewing suite. Oh yeah. That, I, think that I, one, I, yeah, I think viewing, I talked yes. about that one before, and then um, what was the one with um? What's her name? Kate Micucci. That was a good one too. That one. That one was pretty fucked up. That one was also. weird. Oh yeah, yeah. I cannot remember the names of these episodes. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> that was pretty good. But anyway, yes. But, uh, we're kind of getting into it. I was going to go into our next segment. What do you see? What do you say? Yeah. So we're kind of talking about um, what everybody watched. Uh, so I guess spooky time just ended. I'm interested in what you guys have been um, consuming. I guess we'll go with uh, we'll go with Hayden first since we just uh, gave him a ring i have not watched like a, a dedicated amount of spooky time films this month uh that just had a lot going on uh, my co-host john moved back to georgia he's currently uh living here with me so i've i've been exposing him to some uh some classic horror movies that he really hasn't had a chance to see uh like we had a double feature one night of uh demons and demons 2 oh uh, man okay. oh wow you you guys have you heard of that? I've I heard saw, of it. I haven't seen it. I saw the first demons when I was way too little to see oh, it. Oh yeah, I was and, about to say, God, that's not a and, that's and, not a great one to see as a kid. And it, it really kind of messed me up for a while. Uh, and I, ne- I I never saw the second one. I still haven't seen it. But um, yeah. wow, that's a yeah. <laughs> when I when I was yeah. young, when I was younger, my my parents wouldn't allow me to check out horror films. I didn't really get to start getting into them until my late teens. Right. Oh, yeah, my parents like, weren't big on horror either, so like a lot of this stuff have weird gaps. That's like yeah. um, late or early eighties, right? Uh, eighty five. Okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Directed I'm... by uh, Lamberto Bava, son of Mario Bava of uh, Black Sunday and like a million other movies. Right. Um, okay. and produced by Dario Argento, who is another big uh, oh, name who, in yeah. Italian horror. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- those movies are both just absolutely fucking bonkers and like they're italian so there's like the english is like dubbed over the whole movie so nobody sounds natural when they speak oh no (laughs) yeah it's just the demon like makeup effects are great there's a there's a a practical gag where there's like a whole ass demon crawling out of a uh character's back when they're like on all fours so it's like the stomach is like parallel to the ground so you're like, well, how they they get it to look like it's actually coming out of her body, but it's like a full size person. Yeah. Uh, so it just it really great practical effects, really great goofy like '80s aesthetic. The second one takes place in a uh, an apartment building uh, instead of a movie theater like the first one. So it's got like a, a more uh, uh, imaginative ways for the demons to like get people and trap them in certain areas of the of the building and stuff like that. Really great, recommend them for sure. Nice. I also I personally did a uh, a quadruple feature of uh, classic like 
black and white uh, mad science movies. All right. Uh, so I wa- or actually a quintuple feature because I always watch Frankenstein <laughs> and Bride of Frankenstein together because to me they're, they like go back to back perfectly. There's there's no reason not to watch. They're so short too. It's like the length of a regular movie now. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I watch those. I watch James Wells' other uh, really well known Universal film, The Invisible Man. Uh, and then I recently got the uh, RKO Pictures uh, Island of Lost Souls, which is an adaption of the Island of Dr. Moreau, uh, starring Charles Lawton, which is incredibly good. Pro- it's probably still the best Moreau adaption that there's been. I was, was going to say, I really like the book, but I haven't seen any of the movies. Oh, you you got to check out Island of Lost Souls. It's it's yeah. not like it's old, so the makeup effects are mostly just making everybody look like you know gorilla people. <laughs> uh, but it's still it's really really great. And then the, uh, the last one, uh, I also recently got a, a nice uh, 4K of uh, re-release the original 1931 Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, which I think is. A Paramount picture. It's not Universal. A lot of people confuse it, you know, to be part of the Universal Monsters stuff. But they actually never had, like, in their heyday, they never had a Jekyll and Hyde film. They had uh, one in 1913, a silent one that was, like, 20 minutes long. And then they did an Abbott and Costello meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, (laughs) starring Boris Karloff as uh, Jekyll and Hyde. But they've never had, like, you know, in that golden age, they never had their own Jekyll and Hyde film. But so, uh, this is the one that people mostly think about when they think of like black and white Jekyll and Hyde adaptions. It's got Friedrich Mark as uh, Jekyll and Hyde, and it's like the the makeup transitions, like of him changing from Jekyll to Hyde, were like they're, well, they're still probably you know pretty revolutionary, but at the time, like people did absolutely just did not know how they did it, and it really was like you know incredible for the time. But uh, definitely recommend checking that one out too. It's it's was a little bit harder to find a few years back but like i said it just recently got a uh a 4k re-release and i'm pretty sure it's streaming on at least amazon now too so oh, definitely recommend check that out okay you know i haven't seen a lot of like old movies like that you know um but oh, when yeah. i but when i have you know i, I really enjoyed them like i want i you know when i was watching all those werewolf movies like i went back and watched all those lon cheney you know wolfman oh, movies, yeah. and like they were really good yeah it was pretty good nice yeah lon cheney's great as a completely miserable depressed uh werewolf <laughs> just like yeah. every every one of those movie season he's just like can i die now please yeah <laughs> You were saying that – so who had the Jekyll and Hyde movie that you were just talking about? Did you say Paramount? I I think it was Paramount. So who, uh, what other monsters check. did they have? Is there like a Paramount monsters that it's just like kind of uh, offshoot <laughs> monster? <laughs> you know they, they, I mean? they had a bunch of – like a lot of studios back then, horror was and always has been like a booming business. They never really had their own kind of like – not what Universal had. They didn't have their sure. own like you know, Marvel like Avengers <laughs> roster. I was of... just gonna say that. <laughs> but yeah, that was probably their. I think around that time, that was probably their m- most successful uh, horror film that they had released. Also, a lot of a lot of movies around that time in general didn't really have a lot of continuity. Uh, which the Universal monster movies barely have continuity, but at least it's it's there. Right. You can try to follow it, but uh, yeah, no <laughs> Universal was really. 
in terms of like monster movies, Universal in that golden era was doing it like nobody else. Yeah, I can't find anything about Paramount monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, RKO Pictures uh, had a lot of. Uh, I think they. I think they're the ones that released the original King Kong, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, like I said, they did that Island of the Lost Souls and Son of Kong, and yeah, they had they had a bunch of monster movies back then, but. Like I said, Universal was really the one that, you know, people like, I mean, even now you think of Frankenstein and you think flathead, neck bolts, green skin. Yep. That's that's straight from Universal. So Son of Kong is one of those classic ones where like someone finished a movie and they were under budget and they still had the actors for a few days and some of the props and they're like let's just make another movie <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um like every once in a while I, I used to watch a lot of those old black and white horrors and like you would read like behind the scenes making like they they were they were just tossed together like that there's whatever was laying around the studio <laughs> well yeah i think movie. son of kong specifically they like they started shooting that like i think only a month or so like so a very short time after the the first one like hit theaters they were like we got to put a, a sequel out asap and there's barely any kong in that one. Oh yeah no <laughs> it's like it's really disappointing as like a monster movie but it's pretty hilarious as just like a black and white movie yeah oh yeah i uh, just got the uh godzilla comics james stoko uh deluxe edition which uh Oh, uh, nice. You guys, I know Ross probably knows who James Stoko is. Have you guys yeah, heard Yeah, is that of the, um, like, what do they call this, something Years War? The Yeah, the Godzilla Hundred Years War. Yeah. yeah. He's, that's um, a half-century war, yeah. I think that's one of Matt's favorite yeah, that, artists. And then his, yeah. uh, he had a single issue uh, from Godzilla in Hell, um, and it's it's basically that, and then a shitload of his, like, you know, pencil work and inks and uh, stuff like that in the back. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, I love James Stokoe's artwork. It's it's hard to describe, but like when you see it, you're like, oh yeah, that's yeah. like that's fucking awesome stuff. I got Snarlagon by Andrew. Oh McLean. yeah, I just got that too. I haven't read it yet. It's just sitting yeah. on the couch right next to me. What is that? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, a Kickstarter uh, kaiju comic by Andrew McLean, who's uh, the creator oh, of Headlopper. Yeah, Headlopper. Right. Oh wow. Yeah. Really, really cool. I wish at the time I had more money to uh, get some of the extra stuff he did, but uh, this like is really it's printed on like really nice thick paper. The artwork is, of course, you know, super, super incredible. Uh, fun story. It's like um like a magazine size. It's yeah, it is. It's really unique. Wow, yeah. that's nice. awesome. Um, and then the <laughs> other big one I got recently. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard the uh, of the series Moonshine by Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Risso. Mm. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I missed out on that one. It just recently wrapped up, and they released the big, like, you know, full series Omni for it. It's basically a Prohibition-era crime thriller with werewolves. <laughs> oh, wow. Awesome. Nice. That's a great pun title. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it, it, it's like... It just makes so much sense. I'm honestly surprised that no other like movie yeah. or book has tried to like use that together before. But uh, super great art, really fun. It, like it, I said, I said crime thriller with werewolves because the werewolf stuff honestly isn't like always at the forefront. 
Right. Uh, they treat it's much more like a movie or a TV show where, you know, for, mostly for budgetary reasons, probably the werewolf is in like every scene. Mm-hmm. But I think that kind of works for the story because there's a lot of interpersonal drama with the characters and, uh, you know, interesting, you know, historical crime stuff going on. And then out of nowhere, you'll have a werewolf rampage for like half an issue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that that's really great. Uh, it also, of course, I think there's like the trade paperbacks for it, uh, which I bought the first one. But when I knew the series was going to be like finite, I was like, I'll just wait. For the you know the big nice deluxe version yeah which, i love yeah, that hey that's good it. thinking yeah because i usually yeah. buy everything and then i'm like ah i'll give these to aubrey i say it works out for me speaking of which i actually uh i just ordered a i've got the trade paperback uh version but i just ordered a uh hardcover omni of the all the jack kirby the demon comics oh no nice. oh, wow that's cool yeah uh, I was I actually was talking to uh, Matt Strackbine, book club member, uh, about it because I for some reason I thought he had that hardcover Omni, and I wanted to ask if the like the coloring was the same as the like original coloring because I think I mentioned to you guys before I got these big huge nice like uh, Alan Moore Swamp right. Thing omnibuses. Mm-hmm. They were all they messed like, up, yeah. Yeah, they had they had like a brand new coloring job, and it just completely like ruins almost all of the art that like John Tottlebein, you know, put in. And so I was really concerned about spending because that, that hardcover of the demon is like out of print. And so it's like, you know, right. a little hefty yeah. to, uh, to purchase online. So I was like, I'm not about to drop like a hundred bucks on this and have it be, you know, a, a shitty, like early mid two thousands color job that <laughs> kind of takes away the, you know, the charm of the original. Right. But, uh, I uh, I managed to finally find some images from an old eBay listing that had like a, a couple of inside shots, and it was the original coloring. So I went ahead and ordered that. Nice. That's and awesome. uh, I think that's about it. Oh, a couple of individual issues that I think you guys might uh, be interested in. I've, I think you may have already read uh, the Headless Horseman anthology. That's a single issue, right? Yeah, it's uh, an anthology, like a holiday anthology. I think they're planning on doing one every year maybe okay. uh but uh, mike mignola you know did a uh a variant cover for that which was super great and i had to pick that up uh oh, I need really to get great that. i need to get that yeah really so. great stories in there too there's a fun story uh by tyler crook uh, uh, another nice. hellboy artist love his work oh yeah and then uh the other one that just came out uh this week is the third volume of david das malchen's horror comic count crowley oh, oh yeah cool. i think i have like yeah a, i think i have the first issue of that yeah yeah it's really great they've done two volumes so far and this is the first issue of uh the third and uh, I highly recommend that series. A lot of fun, a lot of fun horror stuff, but also it uh, gets a little real sometimes. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. But uh, other than that, I think that's really all I've been getting into here lately. Nice. What about you, Ross? Have you been checking anything out? Did you watch any spooky movies? So last year I had binge watched all the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Oh, right. Yeah. I talked about that. Which prior, I had only seen the first one and the remake. And then I did the same thing uh, this year with the Friday the 13th. Nice. And 
I gotta say, um, I think I might have been a little hard on the nightmare film <laughs> after, <laughs> after enduring Friday the Thirteenth, which are just like there's just nothing to um like the worst ones were my favorite because at least there was something different <laughs> um, when they start like turning him into like a zombie fighting telepath or put him in space and stuff like <laughs> that, that that stuff was pretty fun but uh, i'm trying to decide probably next year i'll probably work my way through the halloween franchise right but... oh man that <laughs> oh, one is God. that one branches that, off a lot <laughs> that, the halloween franchise is like just slightly better than the uh, Texas Chainsaw franchise sequels. <laughs> but that, that's not saying very much, honestly. Yeah, I, but those ones I'm interested in just because, like, wasn't um, the lead actress. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee uh, Curtis. Hasn't she been in, like, multiple final Halloween movies? Yes. Yes, she yeah. has. She, Halloween like, she 2. She has come back for the last one. Yeah, Halloween 2. One. It was originally supposed to be the last one because John Carpenter was like, it's supposed to be an anthology series. I'm fucking killing Michael Myers. You can suck my balls to like the studio. And they were like, no, no, no. We're going to need a lot more Michael Myers. But uh, yeah, so Halloween 2 and then uh, H2O, which is like, you know, the one where it moves to California. That's like the first like legacy sequel. Right. And that was uh, supposed to be the final one. But then they were like, no Halloween uh, resurrection, which she <laughs> dies in that one in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then they recently, that's when the David Gordon Greenlands came in for the, that newest trilogy. And that's supposed to be the, you know, end of it. But yeah. I think they're already like planning a TV series. That's another <laughs> one where I've, I've only ever seen the original. So, like all of these franchises that I've only ever seen the original. Right. On the Halloween films, I've seen the original and I've seen the first Rob Zombie remake. <laughs> um, Look, that that first Rob Zombie one, not great, but the second one, I am a I'm a Rob Zombie Halloween two apologist and okay. I will not back down on that. I, oh, I actually I liked, check that one out. I liked the first one that he did. I thought it was entertaining <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, ross i did want to uh, ask you did, did you watch um freddy versus jason did you watch that yeah yeah okay nice. awesome god that movie's so cool i love that movie <laughs> yeah that one that one was like honestly i didn't re-watch it this year but i watched it last year okay and it felt like in a lot of ways like the best version of those two characters right yeah because like half half of the jason movies are, don't even have like actual jason in them that's weird <laughs> that's so true but yeah so i watched all of those um uh, i wish i had something good to recommend i feel like i haven't i haven't been reading as many comics um lately i've got a big pile of like need to read stuff i picked some stuff up at rose city comic-con this year that i haven't gotten all the way through yet black sad was something i've been wanting to read for a while oh um, yeah i want to read that too it's been recommended to me so many times yeah. I've, um, uh, I've read the first volume of that very very good the art is incredible yeah man i have to check that out i've been listening to a lot of weird stuff so um and you can <laughs> cut this out if i if i ramble on too long but john zorn is a avant-garde composer Mm -hmm. and improviser he works with a ton of people that are like everything from like hardcore 
thrash to to klezmer and jazz and classical chamber music just all sorts of stuff he produced um the first mr bungle album and he's he's works with mike patton and trevor dunn a lot yeah, yeah i was like I, th- um, I was gonna say i think he works with mike patton yeah yeah, yeah. so he they have a, the, the Moonchild trio is a like a really weird experimental metal group that is trevor dunn on bass mike patton on just like screaming and whispering and making gargling sounds and um <laughs> and then joey baron is like one of my favorite drummers he uh he's also in a few other zorn projects um they so zorn has a record label called zodic which has been one of the big holdouts of uh streaming for a long time and they finally released their whole discography on streaming platforms Mm -hmm. so i've been working my way through all of their releases like zorn himself has over 300 albums oh wow (laughs) yeah and like some of them some he doesn't perform on all of them he because he'll like write stuff and then have other ensembles perform it and i got to see him in san francisco um at the end of august and that was a lot of fun i watched like six shows so it was like i forget how many shows it was it was across multiple nights and it was like a residency at the great american music hall there yeah it was it was a ton of fun um it was really fun to like see all these musicians up close in the smaller venue um wow the first night i went uh zorn was playing with like he has kind of this like klezmer jazz quartet called masada and i was chatting with the guy sitting next to me and i and i asked him where he was from he's like oh i'm from new york and i was like oh like you flew all the way out here to to, you know watch zorn because zorn zorn is an east coaster like he's in new york all the time and the guy was like well no i'm playing tomorrow and he's (laughs) the guitarist for uh, one of zorn's groups called simulacrum which is a little bit more on the like experimental metal side wow um so that was fun and then like (laughs) one of the other shows i went to so I watched I watched that guy perform the next night, and at that show, Trey Spruins from Mr. Bungle was there in the audience, just hanging out. Wow, nice. Um, that's nice. So, like, I chatted with him for a little bit, um, and yeah, it was really it was really fun. And so, like, anyone anyone's got like weird taste in music, and is looking for something new, like I highly recommend digging into that Zada catalog. Some of it might be like the worst stuff you've ever heard, but like, don't let that deter you. Just keep looking because it's it's very eclectic right um, the i would say the best starting point for someone would be uh he did a he did a show called the song project where he had three people take a selection of songs that were like from his various albums so some of them were film scores he did some of them were some of his earlier hardcore bands and they wrote lyrics to them so mike mike Patton uh, sings on some of them and then uh sophia ray who is like totally different she's got a like beautiful voice and it's kind of more like um i don't know if you would say like flamenco or like latin influence okay and and then jesse harris who like worked with nora jones i think it's really it's a really diverse like selection of songs that they all perform together so 
Like, wow. you know, if you don't like one track, skip it. And the next will be something completely different. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to always this. turn people onto this. Cause like, I don't know anyone who listens to this type of music. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll check this out. The, the, most of the, most of the tracks have Mike Patton on it. So that's pretty cool. I hadn't heard of this. What about you, Aubrey? You got anything? Oh yeah. Okay. So we, we watched a couple of different movies and one of them, the one we watched was this one called, it's from 2016 called the bad batch. She starts off with this girl and she gets dropped off at this fence area and it has a sign that says, you know, you're no longer in America and the rule of law doesn't apply. And then she was kidnapped by cannibals and they chop off her arm and part of her leg. Oh my God. And then she goes, <laughs> and then it keeps going from there, but uh, it's got Jason Momoa in it okay. as a, as cannibal. Uh, Keanu Reeves as a cult leader with a bunch of pregnant wives. What? How come I've never heard of this? Jim Carrey. Wait, what year? What year did this come out? 2016. Wow, I've never Jim, heard of this either. Yeah, me Jim, <laughs> Jim Carrey as a mute what? hermit. What? what? <laughs> this sounds like a fake thing. This sounds like you're making this up. No, I am not. Look, I'm showing it to John. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Uh, it's on Netflix if you want to check it out. <laughs> but it, it's like really interesting. And one thing that's cool about it is the director uh, insisted on filming in like really harsh locations. So they went out to like the desert and filmed it out there and um, used all kinds of practical effects, including the fact that her, the main actress's arm is missing. It's just nice. bonkers. Okay. Uh, the other movie we watched was this movie called... In the Shadow of the Moon, which came out in 2019, it's um, this cop, and he's like trying to like figure out this serial killer, uh -huh. and the killer, you know, keeps popping up every nine years, but looks exactly the same. Oh. And then it's like, a, kind of find out it's a time travel film, and you're getting oh. from the perspective of the person who is like slowly losing their mind because nobody believes him that there's a time traveler. Oh wow! Yeah, and they they pop up every nine years. It's really good. Um, it was a lot of fun. It has people. Surprising in it. that it's time travel when you when you said they look exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I, my immediate thought was, oh, vampire. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, when we saw the when, when uh, Kathy was like trying to, to say, hey, we should watch this one. I was like, I watched the trailer, and my first thought was, oh, a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Has, uh, has there ever been a movie where someone <laughs> maybe maybe I need to make this comic? Um, new spandex character he's a cop who's a werewolf but he doesn't know he's a werewolf so the murders he's trying to solve are ones that he committed when he was a werewolf oh that's great. oh that actually sounds great i don't know of oh, any God. story like that and then we watched evil dead rise oh i oh, liked yeah. that i thought that was, i thought that yeah. was pretty good have you seen that ross yeah oh okay so we can the, talk um, about it yeah uh, evil dead 2 at the local movie theater like there's like a little Oh, that's awesome! Theater. Yeah, yeah. I brought what coworker who'd never seen it before, and and she oh, she, she doesn't mind horror, but like um, she's not big on chainsaws. And she asked me, "Are there any chainsaws in the movie?" And I was like, "Oh, there's a little bit. Oh, uh, there's a little <laughs> yeah, bit of chainsaw. No, not not that much." Oh man! So I actually watched uh, Evil Dead and Evil Dead Rise. You know the the 2013 one. Yeah, kind of within, within a less than a week of each other, and I gotta say, both of them were really good, and they blew my mind. And I don't know which one I oh, liked yeah. better. Yeah, <laughs> that that 2013 remake is just balls to the fucking wall. Like, yeah. I didn't re realize like when it came out, I, I was like, oh yeah, Evil Dead. It's gonna be, you know, it's horror, but it's it's mostly goofy and yeah. ridiculous and, yeah. and Ash Williams and 
you know, Three Stooges bits. Uh, <laughs> but then that that remake just fucking does it like from the get go is like brutal and fucked up, and then it really just does not relent. Yeah, yeah. I found that one very disturbing. My brother showed it to me. He was like, "Oh, we got to watch this." He was like, "You got to watch this. You haven't seen it." And I was just like, "Wow!" I, I again, I thought the same thing with evil with the name Evil Dead attached to it. I thought it was going to be a little bit more on the comedic horror yeah. side, you know, or they were going to include yeah. those kind of elements. But but yeah, they, they are both really good. When uh, when this one came out, I knew that I wanted to check that out. Yeah, I was worried that it wasn't going to be. Because did you did any of you watch the uh, Ash versus Evil Dead show? On I Stars? watched yeah. I watched like the first few episodes, yeah, but I didn't keep up with it. Not because I didn't like it, just because I just didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I really liked that show. Uh, it, you know, of course, Bruce Campbell. You you literally can't go wrong with yeah. Bruce Campbell. Oh yeah. But uh, and some of the like, there's some great practical effects stuff. Um, you know, funny directing, like Sam Raimi came back and directed a few episodes. Oh, I didn't know um, that. But not every episode of that series was, you know, 100%, you know, great. And so I was kind of worried that the, the Evil Dead Rise might not be, it might not live up to the standard that the rest of the series is set, which is a, a kind of a dumb thing to say because the series is kind of all over the place. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was I went and saw it with my uh, co-host TJ, and it was just as brutal as I was hoping it would be. Yeah. And yeah, they really, man, that that final uh, wood chipper chainsaw. Oh uh, my god! Yes. <laughs> super great. Yeah, and some of those effects, I was just like, like it, it, you know what it was? It reminded me kind of um, like the Guy Davis or the James Heron violence oh, in, yeah. The, yeah. in the BPRD comics where like it's brutal and it's but I also want to look at it like I'm like uh, oh like, yeah and and some of those effects were astounding where I was like how did they do this like is some of that stuff just um, it was so well the, done the, the, the way that they did the glass was yeah oh yeah that was uh, brutal. <laughs> yeah um i also like the fact that it was set in an apartment as opposed to a cabin in the woods this time right around. yeah and it actually had yeah. real teenagers and children in it because yeah. usually it's just adults getting slaughtered yes yeah <laughs> oh yeah i thought all the the kid actors did really well that's yeah. that's another thing it's like anytime there's a, a kid actor and something i'm always like kind of be like eh, yeah i hope they're i hope they're good yeah. But I think all three of them did a really good job. Yeah, I agree. And then the 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 mom, as she just was like turning into that dead eye, was just so fucking creepy. Yeah, it <laughs> oh, was. Yeah. God, that uh, that tattoo gun scene, Ooh. like that was that was that was not even like that gory, just because of what it is. But it it's oh yeah. <laughs> if you've gotten a tattoo, you can imagine how badly that would you know turn out if it got turned on you in a, a malicious way yeah yeah really wow Ugh. yeah that movie was intense but yeah it was good i really enjoyed that one yeah awesome yeah those are great recommendations well other than that we also watched the sylvester stallone documentary on netflix <laughs> oh i haven't seen that is it good uh, i like the arnold schwarzenegger one better but uh yeah it was pretty good okay i think they spend too much time talking about his early career and then they squeeze in the rest in the last like 20 minutes yeah yeah i don't really have too much unfortunately i don't i don't know that i've really been doing a lot of stuff this last week just kind of been a weird week i had a lot of stuff going on but uh and and, and some of this i want to say for when danielle comes on but uh we did manage to watch over the garden wall we watched all of that okay. uh, oh nice 
Yeah, right. and um, so if, if you don't know, so like we were complaining that we couldn't find somewhere to stream it. Well, it's on uh, Hulu. So there's 10 episodes, and they're about 10 to 11 minutes each episode. So Really? Okay. So we just watched it all in one night, and uh, it was great. It was great. I highly recommend it. It was a lot of fun. It was a perfect time of the season to watch it as well. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of great music in it as well. I really liked all the music, all the songs. Oh, yeah. The voice actors. You know, when that first came out, uh, I was watching it like as it aired with my uh, my wife. And I don't know how she knew this before I did, but I was like, man, that, that voice actor for Wirt sounds like really familiar. She was like, that's uh, Elijah Wood. And I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that it was him, too. And then when we figured it out, I was like, wow, it doesn't sound anything like him. And Danielle was like, it sounds exactly like him. That's his voice. Yeah. That's how he talks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for some reason, I don't know if it's the transfer to animation or what, but I totally would not have called that. It was incredible. And I, and like, I can't wait to watch it again. If it wasn't so late at night when we finished it. I wanted to immediately go back to the first episode and start watching it again because oh, it's wow. one of those it's one of those things where um they, you can get another meaning the second time when you watch it, you okay. know. Oh yeah. Uh, and then plus the the song, we were kind of disappointed the song was only on the first episode. There's a really good song right when it starts and then it's like it was just on that oh, one yeah. episode. We were like, "Oh man, I want to go back and watch the song again." <laughs> That's a that's a vinyl that soundtrack uh, got a, a vinyl release from I think Mondo oh, wow. that I missed out on nice. and I I fucking regret that so much because uh, it's like it's going for a super lot super expensive to to get like a some one from like somebody on eBay uh, I hate that yeah yeah but that soundtrack is incredible yeah it was really good I'm excited to watch it again and then. Um, I was talking to Wes about it briefly. He was saying that there's a comic book that's pretty good. There's a trade paperback that came out, and it's like connects some of the what happened in between the stories and stuff like that. So I don't know. That might be worth checking out too. I read some of those. I didn't read. I haven't read all of them. I read there was like a four issue arc um, mm. where they meet these like creepy porcelain doll children. <laughs> but uh, that was the only one I read. The art was really good on it. Uh, it was a fun story. It felt very much, you know, of the show. So I, I kind of figured that the other ones are probably pretty good too. I just never got around to checking them out. Yeah. Have you have you checked that out, Ross? I have not watched that yet. Okay. And I think, so you said it is on Hulu now? It is. And, and I swear, like, I, I swear the other day when we checked it wasn't. Because I looked, yeah, I, I thought it. I, I, I looked it on used everything. To be on HBO, yeah, but maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I was, was going to say I'm surprised it's not on Max because it aired on Cartoon Network originally. Yeah, yeah, we didn't find it on there, but anyway, um, definitely. I, I, if if you have that, I would definitely go check it out and just watch it all in one night. Give yourself like, you know, two hours, or let, it doesn't even take that long to watch it. I don't think, but man, really good, really good stuff. All right. And I'm going to talk about this more next week on the Hellboy book club, but I've, I'm getting more into the game, Hellboy Web of Word. Are any of y'all playing that? I am not yet. I haven't turned on my Switch in a year. <laughs> I, I bought it when it came out, but uh, I just have not been playing like any anything like any games recently so i haven't got around to actually sitting down with it yet i'm worried that like i'm gonna start it and then like not have time to just sit there for like 12 hours and yeah no. you know plow through it but uh i i bought it and i've been really really you know interested in checking it out but i just haven't got around to it yet well i'll tell you one thing it's like um uh there it's in episodes 
So you can sit there and you can play one episode. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And, okay. and then okay. you and then you don't feel like it's uh you know, I don't know, this ongoing thing or whatever, or like, you know, you, you can in and an episode will probably take you about a forty five minutes to an hour to play through, depending on how good you are at video games or whatever. But um, yeah. yeah, so I it's been fun. Um, it is also like it's an indie game. Like it's a very small studio. I think Robert Newnham, book club member, said that there were sixteen people that in this studio that worked on it or something oh, like wow. that. Like, yeah. You know, so it so you know you have to also kind of tamper your expectations because it is kind of a small scale game. You know, I wish it was like fucking Spider Man Two or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's it's more of like it's got an indie game feel to it. So. You know, there there were some uh, just, you know, game issues where I was like, ah, I really wish that it had a function like this or like that. But, yeah. you know, it is. but I'm just happy to get uh, anything at all. And the, and the animations are so cool. It's it's just fun to, like, be Hellboy walking around. You're like, ah, this is awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, I, I think you talked about it before on, like, an old Hellboy book club uh, episode but you you played the uh, hack and slash beat 'em up like science of evil one haven't you i did but i i i it was glitching it was very glitchy and i think i just got frustrated with it at a certain point but i did play that oh, yeah. yeah i did play some of that i i had that game forever ago and i remember like at the time just being like this is so incredible it's a hellboy <laughs> game but like looking back at it now it's just really like not great. <laughs> <laughs> have you played um the any of the Injustice games or that one where they have Hellboy in there? Yeah, I I, I actually quit playing Injustice Two because uh, I've just I, I'm like I like fighting games well enough, but I usually don't stick with them for very long because yeah. I I kind of bored of just you know the fighting game style of gaming. Like, I keep up with Mortal Kombat, I keep up with Darkstalkers, even though there hasn't been a new Darkstalkers game in, like, 20 years. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I got Injustice and Injustice 2, because, you know, uh, my friends are all a bunch of fucking nerds, so we were, of course, going to play the DC fighting game. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had quit playing Injustice 2, and then I saw that Hellboy reveal trailer, and I was like, ah, oh, god damn it. Yeah. I gotta get back into Injustice 2. Yeah, that's uh, fun. So, I, I yeah. really like that. Yeah, that that version of Hellboy. Uh, I mean, aside from some of the crazy uh, like uh, aesthetic accessories you can get for him, uh, was honestly pretty faithful to the character. I thought yeah. great voice, great. Uh, you know the animations uh, and you know the oh, way, yeah. you know the crown and all that kind of stuff. They incorporate like so many things from the comics in their little cutscenes. Nice. Yeah. But I love the accessories. You can put him like in booty shorts and shit like that, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, like... I, I met some of the ones where you can like make the right hand of Doom basically look like giant robot Hellboy's right hand. Yeah, of... <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. You can make it look like that too. Yeah, I think all that stuff is awesome. <laughs> I want to make him look as ridiculous <laughs> as possible. It's great. I love that part of games. But anyway, I'm, but I, I, I'm not good at those games. I'm not very good, but I do like to oh, play yeah. them from from time to time. I, I would get wrecked yeah. if I tried to play like online or something like that. Or 
Well, anyway. Oh my I'll... god. <laughs> the the sweat, the sweatiness of the online fighting game community. Yeah. <laughs> I love playing fighting games, but I liked it better in the 90s before it was online. You were just a group of your friends and you just like, all right, loser passes the controller. Yeah, that's that <laughs> oh, was the yeah. best. That was the best one. Yeah, for sure. But then sometimes we do like winner pass the controller and then that one person who held on to it for a long time like, "Why do I keep losing?" cuz you suck. <laughs> <laughs> um when I was a kid, there was that there's like a Ninja Turtles fighting game, mm-hmm. and and my brother and I weren't allowed to play it because it would usually turn into real fighting. Because oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I had a two year advantage on him, so I'd like beat him, and then he'd get frustrated, and we'd start real fighting. Oh wow, him. that's had hilarious! To, had to take that game away from us, <laughs> but um, some of the fighting games. Where, where like you can actually learn like certain combo moves that's not reliant on like button mashing or like ridiculously long, like the, the ones where the fighting's a little bit more grounded. Those right. are fun. I haven't yeah. played really video games for years though. The last gaming console I actually owned was the original Xbox. So, oh wow, oh wow, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've I've actually played any video games, but. Oh, Ross, so was this um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters from 1993? Probably that one. It was like for Super Nintendo, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it, 1993. Yeah. Okay, I think I played this too. That's hilarious, though. <laughs> that was a great story. <laughs> awesome. Well, excellent. Uh, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on for these spontaneous episodes. Yes, um, but I think guys. it's I think it's also really cool that we've had two creators on as well. You know, people who are creating their own media. So yeah. I think that's really cool. And check the show notes. You know, to check out Ross's stuff. Make sure to check out Spandex on Webtoon, and also check out Hayden's podcast as well. Um, check out the episodes that we were on. I'll link all that in the show notes. Um, but thank yeah. you guys so much for coming on. Anything else that you wanted to talk about before we kind of wrap it up? John, you maybe did you play Alan Wake? No, I haven't. And, and and so many people have recommended that to me because it's like apparently it's got like a Twin Peaks kind of tribute oh feel gosh. and stuff like that. It's like the that first game is like season one of Twin Peaks and Stephen King had a baby. <laughs> uh, and then the they finally released the sequel uh like last week i've not played oh, it yet but, okay but somebody on twitter i follow uh that has played it and is like a big david lynch guy uh said that this new game is like twin peaks the return and i mean that in the best way possible wow. and so i really it's and it's been getting nothing but like five star reviews 95 percent rating scores like people it's are saying it's really really great i can't play it yet because i haven't upgraded to a next gen console but uh right that's one that i've really been wanting to get a hold of but i figured maybe you would play the first one no but i'm checking it out i'm trying to see like if there's a switch version but i guess the switch version doesn't have good reviews so i'm wondering if it's not as good yeah and i couldn't even play the second one i don't have a next gen console either so yeah dang yeah, but this looks amazing. I'd love to play the first one, though. Um, oh, yeah, I, I highly recommend the first one. I might just the buy it on Switch a, and see. Yeah, the combat can get a little repetitive, but, like, the story and the atmosphere is, like, top-notch. And the, the soundtrack is really great, too. Nice. nice. Yeah, that's been on my list for, like, a long time. I know that, like, I need to get into it, but it's one of those things where I'm just like, ah, 
<laughs> I know that's going to be a whole thing that I'm going to get obsessed with, but yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Um, I think you absolutely would would become obsessed with that game series. You know, uh, just recently or right now, I guess this month, um, not to plug like Barnes and Nobles or whatever, I guess, or yeah, plug your bookstore, or whatever. They're doing um fifty percent off the Criterion Collection movies. Oh yeah, oh nice. And so they have um they had Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive in four K, the Criterion versions. <laughs> And so I had to go and pick up both of those. So um, I'm really excited to kind of check those out. We should do a commentary on one of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What would it just be? be like, anyway. What, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. We'll just have to, we would just have to keep talking just to like not get sucked into the... Uh, oh, you know what we should do? We should do Mulholland Drive and pull out the 10 cues that David Lynch gave us. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if you guys... Um, when the Mulholland Drive first came out on DVD, it came with a slip and it said... David Lynch's 10 clues to help figure out this movie. And it was just like the most random shit in yeah. there. But, uh, but John and I sat there one one afternoon and we just went through it, went through the clues and found them. And we were like pausing and backing it up and everything. Yeah. <laughs> And we, and it, but I felt like it did. It did explain I some of like, what yeah. the of uh, yeah. some of what what the movie is. It kind of adds a little bit more of like what he's trying to say, I guess, yeah. or I don't know. It also, I think, you know, doing that also helped me able to figure out Lost Highway a little bit. Yeah, more. that's true. Um, but those are probably two of my favorites. So, um, yeah. Speaking of David Lynch and all that. Uh, definitely want to check that out. But thank you for that recommendation. And then kind of wrapping up here at the end, you know, um, Aubrey's the birthday boy this week. They, if you guys oh, didn't know, on, uh, Aubrey's birthday, Aubrey. Aubrey's birthday is on Sunday. And uh, Mark Tweedell, book club member, always uh, sends us uh, stuff for our birthdays. He's so kind and generous. And so I have I have your gift here, Aubrey. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my God! It's 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 a cardboard box. Yes, um, that's from Mark. So Mark sent it to my house because he had my address, and I see you every week. <laughs> what is it? It's Tales from Harrow County, Volume One, by Colin Bloom, Tyler Crook. Nice. Oh my God! It's so awesome. Yeah, there you go. Oh, thank you, Mark. Yeah, it's awesome. So. Oh my God. So I wonder how many of those there are. You have um you have all the Harrow County ones, yes, right? The yes, library I do. the library editions, I guess. Or... I do. Uh-huh. Cuz yeah. y'all y'all gave me the three of them last year. Yeah. Um well Mark, I mean, I I helped pay for it, but Mark definitely hooked that up and yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome. Very cool. You have to let me know how that is. Oh man. Oh, it's got Tyler Crook in it also. Man. Nice. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Awesome. Well, happy birthday, Aubrey. Thank you. Yes, yeah, and, happy birthday, man. And if uh, and if you haven't uh, given Aubrey some uh, birthday love, your birthday will have passed by the time this episode goes up. Oh, shame um, on you. It will have come and gone. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, if if you if you didn't, you can leave him the, some well wishes right now. So that would yeah. be great. Scroll down to the bottom or whatever, and and just uh, or just go outside and scream it. I'll happy birthday, it. Aubrey, and I'll go hear it. go I'll... hear it. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, thanks again to our guest hosts, Hayden and Ross. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll have to have you back on a proper episode uh, in the near future. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. 
All right, everybody. This has been fun hanging out with Hayden and Ross. Thank you guys for showing up. But yeah, no, uh, what have you guys been watching and listening to and uh, anything? Let us know. Send us a Hey You Damn Guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. And as always, you can find our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give it a five-star review. Every little bit helps. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, tell a friend. Have them join the book club. Everybody wants to be a book club member. Yeah, just look at these jokers that we have on here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next week, we're heading back over to the Hellboy Book Club podcast, where we're going to be reading... Kashi in hell or Koshe in oh. hell or, <laughs> or however the hell you pronounce it, we're reading it. <laughs> so you guys know what to do. Pull out them those deluxe trades, those digital copies. Pull out your floppies. Yes. Um, but you do want to check out the trade for this one. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely check out the check trade. Check out the trade if you if you can. And join us next week over at the Hellboy Book Club Podcast. And we'll be back in two weeks and we'll be doing Silver Surfer issues 10 and 11. So there, that's it. Do it. Get, do your homework and get join us next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. And I'm Ross Racky. <laughs> I'm Hayden Orr. And I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying, in the mortal words of Socrates, I drink what? <laughs> <laughs> what is <laughs> That's from uh, Real Genius. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you said that around a, a previous episode. Maybe, maybe, maybe like way, 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 yeah, maybe way back in the day.